Side, 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 side. Hey, 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 hey. How's everybody doing? It's Come On, Son, the podcast with me, the one and only Ed Lover, brought to you by CigarsInternational.com. Shout out to my man, Wes. Shout out to everybody at CigarsInternational.com. I'm on the loudspeakers network, overseen by the one and only Combat Jack, the greatest podcaster that ever podcasted. Everybody's on the podcast game now. When nobody was on the podcast game a little while ago, everybody thinks they got something to say that you need to hear. Shout out to everybody that's doing the podcast. And shout out to everybody that's doing the podcast and ain't doing it right because you ain't got shit people are interested in listening to. That's why you don't get no numbers on your podcast. I had a lot of people come up to me telling me, hey, man, I think I want to start my own podcast. And I ain't no sucker ass, you know. I encourage people. Cause, you know, I encourage everybody to do what they can do. But some people are not at all qualified to be podcasting. It may not be your thing. Don't just jump on something because you think it's your thing. And I can't stand when people say, well, you should be encouraging to each and everybody. I am encouraging to each and everybody, but on the low, I already know that it ain't going to succeed because you don't know what the fuck you're doing. Right? At some point, the dream has to be given up. Okay. At some point, you got to realize that it ain't going to happen for you. Like you should not be 45 year old talking about yeah, man, I'm in the studio trying to drop this first project. Look, at that point, it ain't going to happen, okay? ain't going to happen. And y'all encouraging these motherfuckers. They're like somebody 50-something years old, you ain't going to ever be the starting quarterback in the NFL. It's just not going to happen. Not going to happen. You can love something. You can love somebody. You can love a lot of things. But you know there's a fine line right there, and there's also a fine line between genius and insanity. So, that being said, today's podcast is about the thin line between love and hate. When I was growing up, my mom and dad used to play a lot of music in the house all the time. All the time they played a lot of music. Like when we used to clean up the house on Saturday morning, my mom would go to the store and she would get the top 10 songs that were out right now. And they came on little 45s. I don't know if y'all old enough to remember what a 45 record looked like. And she would put them on and we would play them. And we would dance and jam in the house and listen to the same music that we heard on the radio. And sometimes she surprised us and get stuff that we didn't know that she liked and my father liked. One of the songs that I heard when I was growing up was a song by the Persuaders. And it was called A Thin Line Between Love and Hate. It's a thin line between love and hate. Somebody did it over when Thin Line Between Love and Hate with uh, Martin Lawrence came out um, years ago, right? But it's true. There is a thin line between love and hate no matter what you're doing in your life. And this just, just, just doesn't have something to do with romantic relationships. Any kind of relationship you're in, there's a thin line between love and hate, right? I was watching something on... TV one the other day and a young lady was on for my man. And there's actually two different stories. One of the stories was a young lady killed another young lady, her and two of her friends kidnapped and killed another young lady, right? In Calmet city, Chicago. I'm broadcasting out of Chicago. Calmet city is a city that's not far from Chicago. And it was all because she thought, the man that wasn't even hers anymore. They had kids together. They lived together. He didn't want to be there with her anymore. He moved out. He got his own place and started up his own new life. And she was so enamored by this man and so in love with this man and so couldn't get past this man that anybody else that this man dated was a threat to her. So she confronted him to ask him about dating this one particular girl he told her, we're just friends. She confronted the girl. The girl said, we're just friends. So she concocted something in her head to get one of her girlfriends that she knew had a gun and another girl to grab this girl and kidnap her with a purpose at first 
of scaring the girl away from her man. The other, she put one of her friends in the back with the girl with the gun. The gun goes off and shatters one of the windows. So she gets out and was like, no, I'm going to take care of this. You get in the back. She gets in the back with the girl and hits the girl in the head with the gun, starts beating on the girl. They drag her out the car. She starts beating her with a cane. And then one thing led to another. The girl ran and she wouldn't got a backpack where she had a hammer, a knife, and something to choke the girl out. Well, I think it was Christmas lights. She choked the girl out. She beat the girl with the hammer. She stabbed the girl. Basically, they killed the girl and threw her in the, in the water. She hated this girl. And she was only 23 at the time with two kids. One of the other young ladies that helped her was 18, and the other one was 16. They killed this girl. They killed her. Why did you hate this girl so much behind a guy that wasn't even yours? That fine line. And this is a girl that she knew. This is a girl that she knew that was an acquaintance, wasn't one of her best friends, but was an acquaintance from her neighborhood. Another lady that I saw on there, older lady, had been with her husband for 30-some-odd years. Took care of her, took care of the house, everything. Fell in love with some younger dude and set her husband up to get killed. The guy came and killed her husband. She had a son. She had kids by this man. One of her kids was a junior, and she killed her son's father. Thin line, y'all. Really thin line between love and hate. And sometimes you think about that. I'm, I'm divorced. I'm remarried, but I'm divorced from my first wife. And it always astounded me how somebody can go from loving you so much and wanting to be with you and wanting to be around you and wanting to, and you have children with them. And you talk to them every day to hating you, hating your guts, hating the ground that you walk on, despising you. It's just, it, that is absolutely amazing and astounding to me. There really, really is a very, very thin line between love and hate. People love you one day, hate you the next day. Think about how many relationships you've been in. Not even romantic relationships. That was just an example of one of my romantic relationships. Think about how many relationships you have been in, in total, right? That you are in love with somebody, and then the next thing you know, you didn't love them anymore. Not just not hating them, but you just, at one point, you was very much in love with them, and then something happened, and you didn't love them anymore. That's crazy. I just think it's, it's, it's ridiculous how people fall in and out of love. And I think one of, the, one of the points of the matter is the reason why we go through so many of these things is because love is like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Love is like a, love is like walking through a freaking atmosphere of flowers and sunshine, and fresh air, and the sun is shining on your face, yet you're cool, yet there's some moisture in the air. It smells good because there's flowers all around you. The sun is shining on you. And then you get to a point where you walk, you get to the end of the meadow, and there's shit all over the place. You just love where you was at. Now you're walking through something that you hate. And I think that's always because we don't take the time out or that we don't have the concern to know somebody. We are blinded by love. We're blinded by the initial attraction. We're blinded 100% by what we perceive is love, and we really don't know somebody long enough, haven't known somebody long enough. I'd say you haven't really know if you love somebody, well, you don't really know if you really love somebody until you go through some shit. Like, you got to go through some shit with them to know whether or not, to really know whether or not you really love them. If you can't, if you can't forget or forgive 
you're never going to really be in true love. Because my parents, I know for a fact, my parents went through some shit. I mean, through some shit, serious shit, like where my father wanted to get something and my mother wouldn't co-sign for it. So he had somebody co-sign her name to a contract and then he defaulted on the payments and my mother's check got garnished. So they started taking money out of my mother's check to pay back a loan that she had nothing to do with, that had everything to do with something that my father wanted that she wouldn't co-sign for him. And she stayed. And that wasn't a deal breaker. Like, everybody got these deal breakers nowadays. Oh, I'm not doing this, and I'm not doing that. Or, you know, if this person does this, then I'm out. This person does that, then I'm out. They stayed together. And then when my father passed, um, when I was 18 years old, my father passed. Yeah, I was 18 going on 19. So my father passed. My mom was devastated. And you would think that with all the stuff that they went through, like with all the ups and downs, the lefts and the rights, the goods and the bads, the garnishes of the wages, that my mom would probably like been relieved that he was gone, but she loved him. And she loved him with every fiber of her being. Loved him, and she still tells me she sees me, and I come in the room, man, you look so much like your father. Like, sometimes I just started crying. I loved that man so much, and he loved my mom so much. We don't we take mistakes as an affront to us totally as a human being, and that's it. You ever wonder why you see somebody, and you be like, they break up, they get back together, they break up, they get back together, they break up, they say fuck this and fuck that and fuck you, and they not talking to each other no more, and then they get back together, or they divorce, and they spend years apart, and then they end up marrying each other again because they realize through everything, through other relationships, through everything that they love that person. See, we all make mistakes in relationships because we always think the grass is greener on the other side of the fence. So... My woman ain't doing this, or my man don't do that, or he don't do this, and then you meet somebody else, and they say all the right things, and you're walking through that field or that meadow of flowers and mist and sunshine only to get to the end of the meadow and realize that that person's shit was worse than the shit that you left. See, the field and the meadows and the sunshine and the moisture and the dandelions and the flowers that you were smelling before may have wilted a little bit, but there was still enough flowers in that meadow to keep you happy. But you weren't happy with that. You wanted the full meadow full of flowers and scents and moisture and sunshine that you used to have. But you can't have flowers and moisture unless there's some rain. So there's got to be some clouds in order for the flowers to grow. There's got to be some rain in order for the trees to grow. There's got to be some rain in order for the grass to grow in your meadow, but we forget about that because that's the same old grass to us, and those are the same old flowers to us, and those are the same old dandelions or tulips or whatever kind or roses. Those are the same old things to us. So we take that stuff for granted, and then when something else comes along that seems to be better, and remember I said the operative word here is seems, seems to be better, we're ready to leave what we had, to go look at something else because our grass may brown just a little bit and that grass looks super green. So we ready to jump on the other side of the fence just to see once we get on that fence that that grass may look greener, but that grass is full of bugs and that grass is full of shit. It's more manure on that side of the fence than there was on the side you just left. That's why you see a lot of people both will break up, they'll spend years apart and you'd be like, such and such just got married. You're like, yo, I thought they broke up. And they did. But they realized that through it all, you love that person. You love the way they breath smell in the morning. You love them when they are not at their best. You take care of them when they get sick. You have really good times with them when y'all not arguing. They understand you like nobody else understands you. You have a lot of things in common. Commonality in a relationship is very important. They're both going in the same direction. 
you get a certain age, what are you going to do? You're going to go date somebody super younger than you that's not even from the generation that you're from just because they look good? Like, what kind of sense does that make? That's a nonsensical thing to do. You know, like for me, like, I'm in my 50s, bro. Well, I'm not going to date somebody 25 years my junior who has absolutely no idea who the fuck Teddy Pendergrass is or why I love Frankie Beverly and Maze. They don't even know. That's not even their era. Now, we may be in agree on some music because their era is a little bit, you know, 20 years I've lived through it. So I know who you bouncing to and who you're not bouncing to. But that's not my music. You can't make a baked macaroni and cheese. Your macaroni and cheese is coming out of a blue box. I can't mess with it, bro. There's certain things I can't overlook. You dropping mollies and all of that old crazy shit, and you want to smoke mad weed every single day? Nah. I, I, I can't. I can't. And I know that people got this, this, you know, some people got this list of requirements and all of that stuff. They got to make this certain amount of money and all of that. You may be blocking a blessing with that. I'm just talking about things that you really don't do that somebody else does, but they look good. Right? That's the reason why you just, they are appealing to your eyes. They're appealing. To your eyes. So you like, ah, oh, I want to be with this person. I want to do this, do that with this person. They may not be right for you. That might not be the right thing for you to do. That might, it might not be cool for you as a human being. You know, there is that thin line, you know, that you may cross that line and the next thing you know, you know, Destroyed something that could have been beautiful for you. Or something that you had and you let it slip away. And now you're looking at it and they move on. Because women will move on. Fellas, I am telling you that women will move the on. Quick, fast, and in a hurry. Because there's other men out there that really would like to be with your woman. A woman that you thought was too old and too saggy and too soggy and she don't do this and she don't do that. There's somebody else that, that thinks she's beautiful. One man's trash is another man's treasure. But ladies, you already know, there's so many single women out there that if you don't hold on to your man and treat him right and, and show him love and show him affection and emotion, there's another woman that will. There's absolutely somebody else out there for the person that you call your own. Now, don't get, uh, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I know. I said that same shit before in my life, too. But you front and you do care. <clears throat> you care. You're like those people that always want to talk about other people on social media, but be, be like, they don't care about that. Well, if you didn't care about it, you wouldn't speak on it. I don't speak on things I don't care about. I care about this subject. That's the reason why I'm speaking on it. I don't be on social media talking about my haters and all of that, and I'm above y'all, and ain't nobody paying no attention to you. Yes, you are. If you wasn't, you wouldn't be speaking on it right now. And that's the God's honest truth. People don't speak on things. If, some, if you unbothered by something, you don't speak on it because it's not bothering you. It's when it's bothering you that you start speaking on it. Right? So when you see somebody that you used to be with, and they with somebody else, the first thing you want to do is act like you're unbothered. But what you do is you say something about what that other person looked like. Well, she ain't as bad as me. Then it bothers you. It bothers you that that person, whether you're a male or a female, it bothers you. Fellas, you know damn well you break up with your girl for whatever reason, right? It just got old. Y'all going in two different directions. You know, you went, stepped out, got you somebody else. And you know you don't want to see her with no gorgeous motherfucker. You know you don't. And if you if you do, you're gonna find something wrong with him. Ah, he ain't he ain't really yeah, yeah. He ain't really like that. You already you already know. Any guy that you consider handsome that most women consider handsome in this world, you have your woman right now, and the next thing you know, you open up a damn magazine and she's with common. 
you're going to feel a certain way about it, bro. You are, because he's a good-looking guy and he's successful. You're going to feel a certain way about it. Ladies, you know the same thing. Same thing. You dating me, I don't do this, I don't do that, I don't, Ed, you ain't this, you ain't that. You break up with me, and the next thing you know, I'm with Nicole Murphy, Eddie Murphy's ex-wife. Oh, you're going to feel it. You're feeling a certain way. You're going to act like you're unbothered, but you're bothered. And then you may not like her ever again. You don't like me ever again because of that line. That thin-ass line between loving somebody and wanting them killed, loving somebody and burning a car, loving somebody. It happens. We all go through heartbreak. All of us. I was 18 years old. I was engaged to this woman. I saved my little money and I bought her a ring. One night I went out with my fellas. We all went out, have a good time, had a couple of drinks. One of my fellas hooked up with this girl, but he was married. And he lived on my block. And he hooked up with this girl and he jumped in the car with her and me and his best friend is following him in his car. So we follow him in his car. He we lost them somewhere. I don't know what highway they might have got on or whatever, but these days we didn't have cell phones. We had pagers. So all you could do is page somebody and then stand by the phone and wait for them to call you back. So we jumping out, we paging on, we standing there, we sitting in the car, whatever, waiting for the phone to ring. He's not calling back. We don't know if he's knee deep in some ass. We don't, we don't know what he's doing, but we can't find him. And, his boy is like, it's getting late, man. My wife is going to be looking for me in a little while, and I got to work in the morning. I got You got to drop me off. I'm like, okay, I'll get in touch with him myself. I drop his best friend off. Now I have his car by myself. I'm paging him, sitting by myself, sitting by not cell phone, pay phones, excuse me, paging him. He's not calling me back. And I'm like thinking to myself, I cannot take this car back to the block because if I take the car back to the block and he doesn't get at me and I go to bed, his wife is going to wake up and see his car on the block and wonder where the fuck he is. He has to come home with his car and get in trouble himself, right? So I'm thinking, what am I going to do? Boom, I got the key to my girl's house. Now, she gave me the key. It's not like I took her keys and made a key. It's not like we were on, she was gone one day and was like, check on the place for me. She gave me a key. And I remember when she gave me the key, I said to her, you know this means that I can come and go whenever I want to, right? She was like, yeah, that's the reason why I'm giving it to you so you can come and go whenever you want to. Now let me backtrack the story for a minute. The young lady that I'm speaking of at the time was six years older than me. So I was 18. We were engaged. 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24. She was 24 years old at the time. I was 18. Okay. Back to the story. I figure, let me go to my girl's house. She lives in the Bronx. I could go there. I can page him from her phone. He'll call me back. When he does, he can swing by, get his truck, and go home. And if I need to go home tomorrow, get his car, uh, go home I need to go home tomorrow. I could just take the train. I got clothes over there. I can go to work from there. Whatever. I'm good. Okay. So I mosey on on up to the Bronx in this guy's car. I have to drive around because she lived in an apartment building and I couldn't find a parking spot. So I had to drive around trying to find a parking spot. Finally, I find a parking spot. I park the car. I walk up to the building. I got the front door key and the apartment key. She lived on the first floor. I take the key. I open up the front door to the building. I walk in the building. I walk down the hall, walk to her apartment. I take my use take the other key, put it in the apartment door, unlock both the locks, walk in and lock both the locks. And I go, babe, babe, no answer. One bedroom apartment. I walk to the bedroom, babe. I cut the light on and she's ass naked in the bed with a dude laying next to her ass naked. Butt ass naked, both of them. I said, oh, jo- excuse me, and I cut the lights off, and he jumps up and she jumps up, and she starts telling me it ain't what I think it is, 
And I immediately walked back to the kitchen and started taking her keys off the ring and putting them down on the counter. It ain't what you think it is, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, what is it? And he's like, yo, I don't want no problems. And I was like, bro, I don't have no problem with you. I'm like, did she tell you that she was engaged to me? He was like, nah. I was like, then you might as well take your pants off and lay back down because you really have done nothing to me. I have no beef with you. My beef is with her because she's fucking you knowing that she's supposed to be engaged to marry me. And then I looked on her hand and she didn't have my engagement ring on. So I'm like, wow, like really? So I'm trying to leave and I'm leaving out and she's grabbing me and I'm like, yo, get off me. Don't touch me. Get the fuck off me. We're in the hallway arguing. Her mom's come out. Her mother lives right across the hall from her. So she's fucking another nigga and her mother knows that she's engaged to me. And it's right across the hall. So obviously she's sneaking dude in and out. Her mother come out. What is all this noise? Ed, what's the problem? I said, tell your moms what was what, what's going on in your apartment right now. Because dude didn't leave. I told him, chill. And he's just standing there looking crazy as I walked out the door. I said, tell your mother what's going on right now. And she didn't say nothing. And she crying out. She, I said, your, your daughter has another man in her apartment right now, and I just caught them both naked in her bed. And her mother's like, oh, such and such, and no, no, you, and I'm so, I said, mine, it's all good. And I turned around, and I left. And I got back, and at this point, I don't even care about his car anymore. I didn't even get a chance to page him. I got his car, and I drove back to Queens, where I lived at, at the time. Now, if anybody knows New York City, New York has a lot of tolls. If you're going across a bridge, you have to pay a toll. If you're going through, sometimes it depends on where you're going, which borough you're traveling to. If you're going from Queens to Manhattan, you're going to pay a toll. If you're going from the Bronx to Queens, you're going to pay a toll. And that's what I was doing. I was going back to Queens. And I got to that toll, and I was crying so much that the lady in the toll booth looked at me and said, sweetie, I don't know what's wrong with you but you feel better. Go ahead. She didn't even make me pay the toll. That's how much I was crying. And that's how my, my feelings were hurt. And I hated her after that, that thin line between love and hate. And you know, what's funny about that story, y'all. I treated every woman after that horribly. And to every woman that I dated after y'all know who I was with before you, I apologize. Cause I treated them all horribly because I had this disdain and this dislike for women based on what one woman had done to me. I had this dislike that I'm, I don't care. I don't care who feelings get hurt. I don't care. One step in, one step out, one foot in one foot out. I'm gonna treat them like I don't need them. That was my motto. Treat them like you don't need them. Treat them like you don't need them was my motto, and fuck them and duck them was my motto, too. Fuck them and duck them. Matter of fact, I got the name Ed Lover because of my behavior at the time. Because I was living in my mom's. I lived in my mom's. I lived in my mother's basement. (laughs) And I had my own phone down there. You know you think you got your own apartment, but you really don't. It's still your mother's house. Playing a little bullshit, rent, whatever. You know, you're coming through the side door instead of the front door. You think you got an apartment, but you really don't. There was not even a bathroom down there or a kitchen, so I didn't have my own apartment, okay? So I'm in my mom's basement. I'm talking to this girl, and, you know, back in the answer machine days, she had left me, like, three messages. Call me. You found. I'm like, all right. Pick up the phone. I call her. Well, what's good? Can't stand you. What the fuck you think you doing? You trying to talk to my cousin? She just called me. You know, Ed, I, I hate you. You swear you're a lover. And I said, I am a lover. I'm Ed the lover. And I banged the fucking phone in her ear. Right around that time, I had to audition for your own TV raps coming, coming up. So my mom was in the kitchen coming. I come up the stairs. I said, Ma, you know, I got this audition. I think I came up with a name that I want to go by. And my mother said, well, what's the name? And I said, Ed the lover. And my mom was like, ah. Nah, not really feeling Ed the Lover. I like Ed Lover. Take the the out. I like that. That sounds like a like a real name. Like Ed Lover could be your name. And I was like, yeah, not Ed the Lover. Ed Lover. I like that, ma. 
And when I went in and auditioned, they said, what's your name? And I said, Ed Lover. And that's how I got that name. So that thin line between love and hate and the way that it can affect you in future relationships is real. It's real talk, y'all. Joining me right now is my producer of the Ed Lover Morning Show on 104.3 Jams in Chicago. Is my super producer, Krista. Hello, everyone. Hello, Krista. Welcome. Hi. Glad to be here. Thanks for having we me. We are just talking about the thin line between love uh, and hate. Yeah. And I was telling them about the young lady that I was engaged to when I was 18. You know, I told you this story before mm-hmm. on how I walked into her apartment with oh, the yeah, key she had so gave sad. me yeah. and she was naked with another man. Yes. And like they just finished having sex, y'all, and they fell asleep. And how that affected me and how that affected the way I treated women after that. How I was always one foot in, one foot out. How I was like, it was, you know, love them and leave them, fuck them and duck them. You know, treat them like I don't need them. Those mm-hmm. are my models. That's, that's the mantra that I live by. There is a really thin line between loving and hating somebody, isn't it? Absolutely. It's, it's inches away. Like, I mean, they're really, really like they're As soon as something goes sour and... There's even a sense that the other person doesn't have any remorse or made a huge mistake. Then it immediately switches from love to hate. Especially when you put yourself on the line for somebody. Absolutely. Especially when you know from day one in your mind that I should not really be dating this person. Big facts. Yes. I do not disagree with that. When you look past certain things. And I keep it 100% all the way real here on this podcast. When you look past shit that you be like, I don't really do that, but I'm kind of feeling them, so I'm going to let them do that. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a mistake that we make. And I'm not love saying. Is blind. Yeah, man. it is. Absolutely. I was just telling them that when you're in love with somebody, you're kind of feeling like you're walking through this meadow of dandelions and tulips and roses. And the sun is shining brightly, but it's not extremely hot because you feel this moisture in the air. And you're walking through this and everything is beautiful through this meadow. And you don't realize that there's going to be an end to this meadow and you're going to be knee deep in horse shit. Right. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So you don't, you really just walk through this meadow blindly. And I think one of the reasons why we do this is because we don't take the time out to know somebody. You don't know somebody till you've been through some shit. I gave them the story of my parents and how my father bought something and had some other woman sign my mother's name to it and didn't, didn't pay for it, and they garnished my mother's wages because he defaulted on a loan. Mm-hmm. She never signed for it, wow. and she stayed with him until the day that he died. That's fucking That's love. love. You don't know love until you went through some shit and everybody don't deserve to be loved. Like, you got to be careful with your heart. Mm-hmm. You got to be very careful with your heart. Now, some people, and I said this before, and I'm glad you just joined so I'm just reiterating certain points. Some women out there have unbelievable expectations of the guy that they want. Unbelievable expectations. He's got to make this amount of money. He's got to be doing this. He's got to be doing that. But there are certain that's unbelievable, but there are certain expectations that you should have on the kind of person that you're going to be comfortable with. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Absolutely. I don't agree at all. I think everyone needs to manage their expectations. Both parties should have a level of communication where you expect A, B, and C from the relationship while the other person expects, you know, D, E, and F. And there's, a, again, level of management. Right. Well, we both agree on it and we both are living up to those expectations. Yeah, absolutely. Because if you don't, if you don't live up to those expectations, that's when that hate comes in. And then you find yourself, and it's not only hating them, it's not only hating them after a bad backup breakup, it's hating yourself. Yes. That's that's a good I think it's just as equal. As much as you hate them, there's a sense of self-hatred for yourself for either A, how it ended. Or be tolerating whatever it was that you were tolerating. You know what I hate. You know what I hate. I hate sloppy breakups. The okay, worst, man. I hate them, and I hate when I feel like I didn't get to speak my piece. If anything bothers me the most, it's when I feel like I didn't get to speak my piece. Okay, now you know there's. They say there's his story, her story, and then the somewhere. Truth. 
and the truth is in the middle, right? So I'm in L.A. My wife sends me divorce papers. So I'm like, told her, once you send me divorce papers, there's no turning back. I can't remember exactly how I met Tamala Jones, the actress, but we started dating. Mm -hmm. So we started dating seriously, like to the point where I had a key to her house, a point where she had keys to my place. Like we are dating, like we're dating so hard that families know each other. We're talking about we're going to be together forever. We're soulmates. We don't even we're not even talking about marriage. We would always say, look at Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell. Yeah, wow. They've been together all of this time. They don't need no marriage. They don't need no marriage certificate or nothing. But I ignored red flags. Mm -hmm. First red flag I ignored was the fact that her dad wasn't a part of her Mm -hmm. life. Second red flag I ignored is that she smoked cigarettes. Don't like cigarette smoke. Third... um red flag that I ignored because I felt like I was in love with her was the weed smoking. Not big on it. Recreational, once in a while, fine. But daily? No. No. Recreationally, for sure. But right. If it's... It's a habit. It's like... It's yeah, a, when it's a habit, it. it was a habit. And I ignored it. Okay? I don't know what she's doing now. But when we broke up, we broke up. And it's funny because I was just at this great restaurant here called Maple and Ash and I ran into my good friend Vivica Fox. Now, when Tam and I broke up, I went to, I came up to New York. I had my two youngest kids, Zaya and Summer, by my ex-wife. So I came to New York from California to see my kids. Like I said, there's my side, her side is going to be different, and then there's the truth, okay? When I came up to New York to see my kids for the weekend, Father's Day weekend, I could not get in touch with her. The whole weekend, I'm calling her, calling her, calling her phone, cell phone, texting, nothing. It's supposed to be my woman. Wow. Okay, I left on a Friday. Sunday, I'm back in in the airport, and she finally picks up her phone. I'm going, look, and I've been looking for you all weekend. Where you been? Oh, I was at Viv House. I spent a weekend over Viv House, Vivica Fox, and I left my bag in the car, and I wasn't even thinking about my phone and all of that. So I'm like, okay, that's understandable. That's no problem, you know, talking to you. And I'm sitting there, and I'm realizing that this is Father's Day Sunday. Mm-hmm. My woman knows that I'm a father, and she has yet to say Happy, Happy Father's, Father's Day. Day or I got a card mm-hmm. or anything Nothing. for you. I'm not her father, but I am a father. A father, yeah. Right. So I, I get ready to get on the plane. I say to her, I said, uh, you're not going to wish me a Happy Father's Day or nothing? It's Father's Day. She goes, you know I don't fuck with my father. I don't even thinking about that shit. And I'm like, wow. Bing. So when I got back to L.A., everything was smooth for that week when I got back. And then that weekend, I said, I'm going to give her a taste of her own medicine. And I disappeared on her. You ghosted her. I ghosted her for the whole entire weekend. She came to my house looking for me. She couldn't find me. I stayed at a friend's house and didn't tell her where I was at. I straight ghosted her. About a week after that, she calls me out of the blue one night and goes, I can't do this anymore. I'm like, what you talking about? I can't do this. I thought that we were supposed to be together, but this old thing with you and the kids and all of that, I, I just can't do this anymore. And I cursed her out. Mm-hmm. I was you like, you her. punk fucking it's a bitch. transition from love to right, hate. Right, immediately. And so Ugh. years later, you know, I moved back to New York. I'm doing my thing on the radio in New York. I hadn't even ran into her, but, you know, you see articles because she's done very well for herself as an actress and, on different shows and all of that. And I always wished her well. But I never felt like I had closure. I never really felt like I had, I got to say what I really want to say. And I really never got to tell her how bad she hurt me. So one day I'm in Miami and I run into my man, Blue Williams, who used to manage Outkast. And at the time he was managing Mm CeeLo. So it's me and my boy D and we just in and we run into Blue. Blue been my man for years. Blue like, yo, Eddie Mack, you doing in Miami? Telling him, he's like, yeah, I'm here, man. Let's go eat breakfast. We went and ate breakfast. He said, yo, we're going back to the cabana. Um, CeeLo got a cabana at the hotel we stand at. We're going to chill at the cabana all afternoon. Come on. Now, I know that when Tamla stopped dating me, one of the people she dated was the late, great Nate Dog. I know that. And then she was dating Gip from Goody Mob. Okay. Now, Gip has always been my dude. Mm-hmm. So this, I don't have a problem with who you date after me. That's not my business. But I'm at the cabana. I'm chilling. And CeeLo is there. I'm there. My assistant's there. My, my boy D. Blue is there. 
couple of of the people there, and Gip is there. We chilling and out. I see somebody walking across, and it's Tamala. No, stop. And I hadn't seen her in forever. I immediately like felt how long funny. is forever? How long is forever? at least ten years? Okay, 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 okay. Go. Okay, I hadn't seen her personally in that kind of atmosphere. Yeah. Like we saw each other. Hey, hey. In like movement. an intimate setting. But this is an intimate setting of, of all of us chilling at the pool, drinking, and she speaks and I speak, and, and, and we all good. And I know she's there with Gip, so I'm not going to get out of pocket and say anything because Gip is my man. Mm-hmm. So she gets in the pool and relationships come up. Mm-hmm. And how to handle breakups came up. Mm-hmm. And it got to that point, I excused myself and went to the bathroom. Yeah, Absolutely. Because I really wanted to spin on her and say, bitch, who the fuck is you mm-hmm. to be giving out advice? Because I felt like I never got closure. See, that's very interesting that you say that because you carried those feelings for a long time. Remember earlier in the studio today when you were talking about how you couldn't understand when people break up while they block each other, why they yeah. don't want to have anything to do with each other. I don't want that situation to happen to me. That's why I feel like when I break up with someone, I need that blockage. Like I need that dead energy and dead space to to simmer for a while. So I don't have those feelings of of having to excuse myself from the function, remove myself from my friends because I still have that anger and resentment towards that person who did me dirty. Like I think that exactly explains why I make the conscious decision to completely remove myself. I don't sometimes I don't need closure i'm just like you know what if it's not working out and i don't feel like that i feel like you did me dirty then i will block you because i need that closure and i need I immediate a, immediate closure. and i think a part of it for me was the reason why i felt that way also was a circumstance that happened between us when we broke up right when we broke up i took all her stuff and her key and i came to her house and i rang her bell and her mom answered, and I said, here, this is Tammy's stuff that she la- she left at my house. Right? Mm-hmm. And her mom was like, okay, Ed, y'all sure y'all can? I said, mom, I don't think so. I think it's, it is what it is, and we're done. Mm-hmm. Right? So I said, tell her she could give me, you know, my stuff. I'll come back. I'll call, and I'll come by and get my stuff. And her mother was like, okay. About a week later, I went by her house. I called. Her mom said, yes, she was there. I went by to get my stuff from her house. And she gave my stuff to the Salvation Army. And this is the and I think that's one of the things that really pissed me off because I returned her stuff and she took all of my stuff. Now, I don't know how many people noticed that I was in a video with Total. Yeah. It was called Sitting in My Room. I played Pam's uh boyfriend in the in the in the in the video. The gist of the video is I'm screaming on Pam and I tell her that I want her gone from this fabulous place that we live at. When I get back, so she throws a party and she gives away everything. And at the end of the video, when I return, the entire fucking duplex, beautiful joint where we shot this shit at is totally fucking Got you. empty. Got you. She gave away everything okay. and she was gone. Misa Hilton styled me for that. That is Justin's mother. That's Puffy's first baby mother. Mm-hmm. Then she married my man Jojo Brim and they had kids. Mm-hmm. Misa Hilton Brim styled me for that video. I had on a full-length Gucci fucking trench coat, leather trench coat, thin as as a piece of paper, mm-hmm. right? Misa couldn't keep the clothes. She had to give them back. So I had my man Guy Wood come to the video set, take pictures of it, and make me the exact same shit. That's how enamored I was. This bitch gave my shit away. I had a pair of $900 Louis Vuitton loafers, like, Square shoes was the uh, Damier print on them. You know, it didn't say LV. It was just the squares. Tamala gave that away. All of my stuff. And you saw her 10 years later. And I still felt a certain way about it. Because I was nice enough to return her Her stuff. She gave all your... Now, you know she didn't give that Gucci jacket to the Salvation Army. I don't know what she did. You know she for sure did not I know I saved her an ass whipping. Yeah. I know, no, not from me. From a bunch line. of chicks that I knew yeah, man, that, that wanted to whoop not, her fucking ass. That I it, it makes you like you really, really, really risk it all when you decide to fall in love with somebody. Yeah, it's like that hate that you feel inside. A lot of the times, nothing can fix that unless it's like 
you want to go to therapy or you want to talk to someone professionally about it. But like just I would be the type of person that I would be playing that over and over and over and over. I would have to talk to her about that. Like I thought not even ghosting to me would would help me go go to sleep at well, night, that was knowing after, that somebody she did, did that, that after I ghosted her. We broke up. I ghosted her because she ghosted me. Yeah. And then we broke up after that. And then I brought her stuff back to her house. And then she didn't return the favor when I came back to get my stuff. That's she so gave foul. my she gave my shit away. And I guess it was she hated me at the time. Yeah, she was like, fuck this nigga, man. Yeah, she was like, <laughs> fuck this nigga. This shit out. Like, no, get this shit out of here. I don't want to look at anything because it reminds you of that it. person. Right? It reminds you of how that person hurt you. But then you hate yourself. Because you didn't obey your own inner exactly. feelings, you didn't exactly. obey what you exactly. didn't obey what you already knew that mm-hmm. you should not have been with that person anyway. There's red flags. There's hella red flags, and love is blind. Love will literally blind you from the bullshit. Absolutely, I had a few people that my mom said no, and I didn't listen. Big fat. I, I can concur with that statement. I had a few people. That my mama I've never had that though. My like, mama said no. One of the I will not name that those people on here because they may listen to this. I don't want to shatter their feelings. But my mama said no. Yeah. And what did I do? You no. You did it anyway. I didn't. And let me get to another point. And this is something that I've discussed with Krista off of air and off of the podcast and everything. The what I call the wounded bird syndrome. Because she's had it, and I've had it. And this is what the wounded bird syndrome is. And a lot of you out there that listen to this podcast, I always get feedback from people when they listen to this. And they always say, Ed, you hit this on the, you nailed that. That's what was me. I can relate to that. I can relate to this. This is the syndrome that I had for a long time. And even through my first marriage, I can fix her. You get a bird when you're small. The bird falls out of the tree, and the bird may hurt their wing. What do we do? We take the bird. We put it in a box. We nurse the bird back to health. We might even put a splint on the bird's wing until it gets healthy enough for that bird to fly away on its own, and we fix the bird. Humans are not birds. (laughs) It's like as simple as that. Humans are not birds. I always thought that I could fix a woman. I was doing well. I was making a shit load of money on the radio. At one point on the radio on Hot 97 in New York, I was making $800,000 a year, plus my 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 salary mm-hmm. from MTV and everything else that I was doing. I was clearing about two five, almost $3 million a year. Mm-hmm. And every girlfriend that I had did not was not up to my standards. And I took care of them. I paid for apartments. I paid for schools. I paid for a lot of shit and ignored the red flags because I thought I can fix that person. A human ain't a bird. We can fix a bird and send a bird off to fly. A human is not, every human is not going to fly. Now there are some people Mm -hmm. that have potential Mm -hmm. that will listen and you will see them fly, and they will be loyal to you for the rest of their life, and they will stay right by your side. But people are not that way. They're just, they're not. Sometimes you have to realize when it's, is it a good person to do this for, or is this person so stuck in their ways that they're not going to listen to you? You can't help and save every fucking body. You can't. And sometimes if a person it's not up to your standards, then you gotta leave them. You gotta leave them alone. You waste a little bit of time on them, but some of we waste a lot of time on people, and we ignore a lot of shit. And then when you break up with the person, you're looking at yourself like you a dummy, yeah, right? You so fucking stupid, girl. You knew better than that. You you knew you knew better. You know how many women are out here with dudes, women out here now that got babies with dudes when you knew that motherfucker wasn't shit. At least you ain't do that. Yeah, at least I didn't get pregnant. Yeah, that's true. Right? You know how many women yeah. I had got babies with dudes? So he, many. If he was drug dealing and balling when you met him, what He's the fuck make you think dealing. he gonna go get a square ass nine to five you job? A whole ass life into this world that you have to take care of with that person. For the or without rest him, because he either He's dead or in jail. Yeah. Or without him. It's a good point. 
People get tricked all the time. I got tricked. I thought my first engagement, the woman I was engaged to, loved the shit out of me until I seen her ass naked in the bed with somebody else. Wow. You get tricked. You get your heart broken. But you know what? I did. I did. I did absolutely ignore a red flag. And the red flag in that relationship was, if I'm good in bed right now, I have her to thank me for it. Mm-hmm. Because she, oh, she was, was six, she, she was six years older than me. Oh, so she taught you like all she your... taught me how to please a woman. <laughs> you know, not how the, was that a red flag? That wasn't the red flag. Oh, okay, the red flag is we were fucking like jackrabbits and then it stopped. Okay, that is a red flag. Like, wait a minute, what's going on? That, and you know what I was told? That's a lot of stress at my job. A red flag. My job is stressing me out. I believed it because I was in love. Yeah, with absolutely. Red flag number two: me and my boy Phil, who was a cop. Popped in one day. At her job? No, on her at the crib. Because okay. I, I told you I had the key. Right. So when I walked in, I saw whoever the dude was that was in there with her that she claimed was a school friend putting some cocaine away. And she was acting all jumpy. And I was like, yo, come in the hallway. You were snowing cocaine? <sighs> no, not me. He just, I used to go to school with him. He just came over. And I ignored it, but it wasn't the same dude that I caught in yeah. bed. It wasn't that same. That's he a red flag as fuck. That was a red flag right there. That's a big ass red flag. And I ignored it. You think she lied about that? You think? Hell she yeah! In that? hindsight, oh my gosh! That's in so hindsight, deep. absolutely. But I was young, and, and I was in love. Yeah, I was in love. You just broke up with somebody that was near and dear to you. What red did. flags did you in- totally ignore? Uh, my father was the first one. <laughs> my father was a woke, woke, woke individual. He's very cultured. And even though he's from the country, born and bred the country, when I described my boyfriend to him, my father was like, absolutely not let him go. And I was just thought my dad was just being stern and my dad didn't understand the context of our relationship. And nobody was good enough for No girl. one's good enough for me. So I just, you know, let it go. The second red flag was... Um, the way he prioritized things, like mm-hmm. things that were minimal, like a driver's license or car insurance, things of that nature that, you know, I work very hard for, he didn't really care about. Like, he, you know, he had a suspended license for a while and, you know, it took me leaving, moving to a whole other state for him to be like, all right, like, I guess this is a big, d- I'm not going to be the female driving us around right. everywhere. Like, I'm just... You know, I I did it for about a year and was over it. So that was another red flag. Um, the third is the re- the relationship that he has with his father and the way that they talk to each other. I don't know any man like that, and I'm not gonna say that you know his mother not being around is a red flag because there's a lot of good men in the world who, you know, unfortunately had their mothers pass away. You know, beyond their control. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately for my ex boyfriend, his mother, you know, died tragically. So that. You know, I can't, I can't, you know, victimize him or blame him for that. But I do feel but that, it is his, something his that his family he dynamic, dealt with. yeah, he should have went to therapy. Yeah. He should have talked to someone. His family dynamic is just different. And that was another red flag as well. So there were multiple red flags that I made the conscious effort to just ignore because I was so in love. Right. Now, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I have never, ever until right now, my wife right now, I think my wife and I work because she comes from the same dynamic I come from. Absolutely. Until her father just passed away in our home about two years ago. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the reason why we work because as a man, she knows how to deal with a man Mm -hmm. because a man raised her. Everybody, and I'm not saying this, and ladies, please. Yeah, like don't take that out of context. Don't take this out of context. I'm talking about me. My personal journey, Ed Lover, the individual, I have never had a successful relationship with a woman who didn't have a relationship with her father. Never. Never. If your father died or something like that, I'm talking about not talking about that. I'm not talking about you had your father up to 13 or 14 and he passed. I'm talking about your father just was not fucking there, period. Right? Or... You know, you didn't know him. Your mom did, 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 did. Everybody makes mistakes. Your mom's might have made some mistakes in her life. Yeah. But I mean, everybody's situation's different. Too. Yeah, my mother had, you know, I was just sitting with my mom when she was here this past weekend and talking to my mom. My brother Kelvin 
has a different father than me, and so does my brother Larry. My brother Larry has a different father than my brother Kelvin. Mm-hmm. But my my dad raised all of us. So all they really know, they don't know their fathers. They know my dad. Yeah. Because he raised them. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that doesn't mean that just because somebody has kids with different people. That they're not going to. Right. That they're not going to get on a straight and narrow and be a great person. That doesn't mean that all the time. And it doesn't mean that because, you know, maybe your dad left, your parents got divorced or something like that. Things happen. We all know that. Right. that, That wounded bird syndrome thing is real ed like it's i've been thinking about it since you brought it up because again i grew up in a two-parent home in the suburbs in kentucky and you know my parents sent me to school they they didn't give me an option i had to go to school and one of the main reasons why i fell in love with my ex-boyfriend was because of how much he was enamored with my family dynamic like how much he was like wow krista like i've never met anybody like you before where i'm from you know i'm from you know, the slums, you know, from this part of Detroit. Like, if you go to school, you're an Uncle Tom. Like, there's just, it was a completely different dynamic. So I wanted my family to be his family. Like, right. I was like, ah, let me fix this. Like, whatever you've got going on mentally, emotionally, we can love that away. We can but fix But you can that. if the person is willing to be fixed. If the person is not willing to be fixed and they and they giving you what I call pushback. yeah then it's not worth your time trying to fix them. They got to want to do what we're doing. Like, this is what we're doing. I know plenty of couples that started out with a little bit of rough edges because one person was either socially more advanced than the other person, but because they truly had love for each other, they worked through it. There's been plenty of times that people have been, well, I didn't go to high school, and then one of them graduated from college, or it's because my mom died early and I went to work, and that woman or that man has helped the other Absolutely one push through, but that person wanted to push through. Absolutely. When you start feeling stupid is when you wasted your time on somebody that don't want to push through. Mm-hmm. Or you wasted your time on somebody that's not on the same page as you. Or you wasted your time on somebody that thinks they can just recklessly spend every dime you bring into the house mm-hmm. because you're married to them. You got to be on the same page. And when we say thin line between love and hate, it's not just the hate that you have for the other person for hurting your soul. Yes. It's the hate Self. that you have for yourself Self. for getting yourself in that dumb ass and, situation. And feeling like you settled. And, and then there's a, a, a little mysterious feeling where it's like, why me? Like, why this person was not up to my standards. I had a set and stone standard, but because I fell in love with you as a person, I negotiated those standards. So now you're asking yourself, what am I not bringing to the table with this person doesn't want to fuck with me anymore after I already gave up all of my other standards? It's it's a self-reflective thing. So Hello. Makes you just not want to be in love for a long time. <laughs> Man, it's exhausting. Yeah, you do. You got to kind of take some time for yourself. For sure. And the first thing you have to stop doing is when somebody else hurts you, is blaming yourself and mm-hmm. thinking that you're not good enough. It ain't you. It took me a long time through all the fuck them and duck them, mm-hmm. to all the treat them like I don't need them, to all of that. Even after my first relationship, my first marriage didn't go right. It took me a long time. I remember when I was dating my wife that I'm married to now. I remember, she'll tell you, I told her, I ain't trying to get in no relationship. I want to have fun. I want to do my thing. You do your thing. When we together, we together. When we ain't, we ain't. And here I am married. And wow. saying I would never marry again. I was like, yes. I'm never I'm never marrying again. Fuck that. You know, man, If I, when I write this book and I bear my soul on the bullshit that my that my kids, my youngest two kids, their mother put me through. The bullshit, how she treated me through the divorce. It was horrible. And I still found some way to love again. God still put it in my heart to say that this is the right person for you. But I'm going to tell you something, Krista, and my wife knows it and everybody that knows me know it. One of my favorite quotes is from Common. I love Common. I love his music. But he did the record with Erica Badu, and he said something that holds true with me to this day, and especially with relationships. It don't take a whole day to recognize sunshine. When it's there, you will see it. It will beam on you. It will fulfill you. You will know that that's the right person. You're going to go through some shit yeah, regardless. Sure. But you will know because 
they will do something to show you that we are right here, that we're on the same level, that it was me taking care of everything. It was Ed paying for trips, paying for vacations, paying for the house, paying for the cars, paying for this, paying for that. I had never had a woman take me to dinner. I had never had a woman take me on a vacation. I had never had a woman do anything nice for me. If they bought me something, they bought it with the money I gave them. So they really didn't buy it. So I bought it. Right? Yeah. When I met my wife and we were dating seriously and she said, let's go on vacation. And I was like, cool. And she said, you get the hotel. I get the plane tickets. And she got first class tickets. (laughs) What I was already used to. Yes. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Like, maybe this woman is different because she had the same kind of feelings and standards and shit that I had, you know. You got to find somebody. You did that. You tried to fix no, the bird. No, more. Fuck fixing the bird. I'm not doing that shit ever right. again. If they I've not done on, it a couple times. No. Ladies, I did it a lot more than she did it. Fuck out of here. <laughs> no, sir. No. It don't take a whole day to recognize sunshine. Exactly. You, it don't take all day. That's good. I needed to come in here while you were podcasting because I was sad as fuck when I walked in. Yeah, man. You Tearing need, up, bro. You needed, no, needed to feel it because every, we get hurt, man. We get mm-hmm. we We get hurt. We get hurt. We get hurt. When you when you separated from somebody and you live in Los Angeles and you come back to the house that you paid for to see your kids and they done boxed up all your clothes and put it in your own fucking garage when you still paying $11,000 a month? And you're walking into your own house, sleeping in a guest bedroom so you can see your kids while that woman sleeps in the bed that you had custom built for y'all. And you're using a side bathroom while she's using a master fucking bathroom. And you don't say anything. I swallowed a bunch of shit for my kids. Mm Mm-hmm. Just so them two can be fine. Yeah, but it's worth it. Look at them now. Those yeah, kids they are they vo- fucking vibrant. They're great, they're, they're kids. great kids. It's worth so it. I and swallowed, I know it's a struggle. But... I swallowed 20 years of hard wow. bullshit so that my kids won't see their parents hating each other, disliking each other, cursing at each other. That woman put me through some shit. Mm-hmm. Shit. Okay? And was never in that position, could have never even made that position. She would have never lived in the house. Like She didn't help me buy that house. I bought the fucking house. Mm -hmm. She didn't help me put down the fucking paving stones and shit like that and the grass and the the 15,000 I dropped just on landscaping. I did that shit by myself. It showed me no respect when she didn't want to be in a relationship anymore. Like I've never done nothing. She never. She would have never been able to afford a Mercedes Benz. I put in a first buy. I bought her Benz before I bought mine, and then turned around and bought mine and had a truck and paid all the household bills and got her nanny and a housekeeper. She could have never afforded none of that without me. And this is what I get. We're getting a divorce. You couldn't have left my clothes in the walk-in closet. We had two walk-in closets right across from each other. She took all of my stuff out of my walk-in closet and put it in boxes in the garage. And you know what she hung in my closet? The furs that I bought her. Well, she wasn't giving none of that back. Can I ask you a personal question? What was the reason for you all deciding not to be with each other? She decided that she didn't want to be with me anymore because she thought that I was cheating. Yeah, I was like, that has to be the only reason for her to try and do some shit I was in California. She never wanted to move to California. Yeah. And I was not cheating because I'm not going to cheat and give you the code to the goddamn phone to the house. Yeah. So a girl called me that I know, and we had a meeting about a cartoon that we were working on that we actually shot a pilot for, but the, the uh, they didn't pick it up. Right? We shot the pilot. We got the check from the pilot. Check was crazy to shoot the pilot and everything. And it was pilot season. They just did not pick up the show. It mm-hmm. happens all the fucking no, time. Absolutely. Right? So the girl called me to say that the location of where we were meeting the restaurant was changed. And she said, baby, this is going to be fantastic, baby. I can't wait to see you. She's hype about the pilot. Yeah, I get and I'm, it. And I'm fucking Industry with her. Industry talk. Yeah, I get it. But why would I give you the code to the phone 
if you were cheating? If I was cheating, I had a cell phone. So she girl... just asked you, are you cheating? And you was like, no. And it was just... No, she told me I was cheating. Wow. And I was like, I'm not cheating on you. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Then why this bitch calling you baby and all this? I was like, that's industry yeah, man, talk. You need physical evidence. Like, you need to physically. The way you walked in and saw your. I, that was obvious. That was obviously che- Like, black and white, full-blown cheating. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it was. That's it, 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 ladies and gentlemen, there's really a thin line between love and hate. Between love and hate. Right there. It's right there. That's such a cliche line to say, but it's it, the fucking truth. It it's is literally the truth. It's the true it's one of the truest things that's ever been said. That there's an absolute thin ass line between love and hate. You can love somebody one day, hate their ass the next. You can love somebody one hour and hate them the next hour. Mm-hmm. You can, you can love your job one day, and, and then they fire you, and then you fucking exactly. hate. Exactly. Oh my god, that's such a great right example. It's just not romantic love. Exactly. It's 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 within everything that you deal with, and how much you give to it, and how much you give your all yeah. to it. So you got to be careful yeah. with your heart. In line, man. You ain't never lied. I definitely have a love hate relationship with. Your last show. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. For sure, right? Y'all be good, man. Krista, thanks for popping in on me. Oh, no problem. Thank you for having me for a little bit. All the time. Y'all keep God first. Everything else will fall into place. We'll talk at you, with you, to you, and about you next Monday. It's the Ed Lover. Come on, son. It's the podcast. Always overseen by the late, great Combat Jack. We love him, and we miss him, man. Until next time, y'all be good. Thank you, CigarsInternational.com. Don't forget, when you log off, use Use the promo code ED10OFF, ED10OFF. We'll talk to y'all next Monday. Come on, son. Fuck out of here with that bullshit. Be well. This Ed Lover podcast is being done in conjunction with Cigars International. Make sure you check out cigarsinternational.com for all your cigar needs. This episode of Come On, Son, the podcast is produced and engineered by co-executive producers Kimana Paulus and Krista Hayes. Recorded at Mean Street Studios in downtown Atlanta, Georgia, this is an official Loudspeakers Network podcast.